Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here uh, this week, like two weeks removed from the season, getting into our off-season programming. This week, we're taking a look at the quarterback market, uh, including Geno Smith, but particularly if the Seahawks uh, elect to move on from Geno, Geno moves on from the Seahawks, what's left out there, what do the Seahawks do, all that kind of stuff. Welcome in, man. Good to see you. Yeah, <clears throat> that's good to see you too. So, um, you know, mostly this is if a team goes crazy and pays Gino way more than he's worth and the Seahawks are like, nah, we can't do that. Um, what does Seattle do at quarterback? And and that's a that's a massive question for a team that um, made the playoffs and looks to be improved because of their draft uh, position and all of that. Uh, like they could go in and, and uh, be a um team that that is improved going forward but they've got a fixed quarterback if they're going to do that and and that's kind of what we're, what we're looking at now last week uh you and I got together and we talked about Gino's market and his you and I kind of disagreed and then kind of agreed that his market's probably around 20 million um yes and that's you know just kind of where it's going to where it's going to land as far as his value uh mainly because there's not going to be a lot of teams that are going to pay him more than that. They're just, um, in order to invest in a quarterback, his age, you've got to be ready to contend and just be missing a quarterback. And plus you have the, that thing that GMs aren't going to spend, you know, a hundred million dollars on him. Um, because that's their career. They're putting on the line to someone who's had one good season. Yeah. You know, I think you're right. Most of that I agree with. I think that the the uncertainty comes in for me on how fast this deal gets done. I think the sooner it gets done, the more it favors Geno Smith. Geno's going to go to the Pro Bowl. He's got all this uh, activity as far as uh, some offseason awards are concerned for him. This mm-hmm. kind of builds his value just a little bit. Not a lot. I mean, Seattle is is what they are. Geno is who he is. I do think, though, if they came out with a contract this week or or next week, it could be on the higher range than than we're thinking. You know, upwards of twenty five or something with a lot of guaranteed money in there and stuff. And I would be a little squeamish on that sort of a deal. I think so the closer I, it gets to the to um, this the franchise tag situation, I think the uncertainty for Gino is out there, and I think that he he signs a deal. Um, or it goes longer than say the Seattle doesn't franchise him and he can't find a market out there. He comes back. I think that, that then really lowers everything down. So I think Seattle needs to be patient here. I think there are some options. We'll go through those today and we'll show that while Gino, I think would be the best option forward at a certain value. If it's just not there, there's other things there that we can do Yeah, uh, all the way from, there's a little bit of a trade market. It wouldn't be a, the greatest 
situation for Seattle. But if they take a big step forward, there's a couple players out there. Uh, the free agent market is out there, including Gino, including Drew Locke, other players. And then, of course, the draft. So we'll get through all of it. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, we were like last week, we kind of said, yeah, there's maybe probably not the market there that that people think there's going to be. Um, but I did come up with a situation that actually might produce a mark for Gene Smith. Uh, and it was because I was looking into the into the trade market and all of that. And I came across, you know, the contract situation and everything that's going on with Lamar Jackson uh, in Baltimore. 26, former MVP, but he's missed time a lot of time in the last two weeks or two years um, because of injury, because of his playing style and all of that. And the team and him are not close on a number. Um, and I mean, they're clearly a significantly better team with him. His talent and value are there. But if they don't want to go and hamstring the entire franchise for um, years by, you know, having him just eat up their cap, they might choose to franchise him and trade him to someone who's got a, you know, a lot of cap space and a big fat contract ready, ready for him. Uh, and in that case, you've got a Ravens team that's a playoff caliber team that needs a quarterback. And a GM who his legacy is set. Uh, they don't have to worry about it. Um, and so signing Gino to a you know three-year $90 million deal is not going to cost him his career like it would for most other GMs. And so that's a situation where we might want to watch what happens with Lamar Jackson because you know Gino ends up having a market at that point. And Seattle would have to look elsewhere. Yeah, that's inter interesting. Um, and Seattle also has some draft capital as well to play around with um, in, in a situation yep. like that. Obviously, you're going to toss some picks their way. It could be two firsts. Oh, I wasn't thinking Lamar Jackson to Seattle. I was thinking Lamar Jackson to anywhere. Yeah, um, well, he could come to Seattle too. He's on. He's true. my first quarterback to talk about in the trade market discussion. Um, before we get heavily into that though let's just talk about a couple of things going on in the nfl really quick and then we can yeah, let's do that quickly quickly move on broncos agreed to deal with the saints uh to hire sean payton as the head coach sean was under contract with the saints they needed compensation to let him get out of that contract they reached an agreement with the broncos uh the broncos gave up a 2023 first round pick and next year's second round pick for sean payton and uh, receiving the 2024 Saints third round pick back. So essentially, just like you said right before we hit record, in the last two years, the the, uh, the Broncos have given up three first round picks and three second round picks for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And we hope for, for them that it works out. That's the marriage that I think Russell Wilson was always interested in having uh, with Payton being his head coach. He really liked Drew. Um, uh, which we call it, <laughs> sorry, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, um, as a quarterback and as a, as a mentor early in his career, and I think um, he's looking forward to that opportunity. I think he got the coach that he he wanted there ultimately, um, but boy, Denver paid a price. Yeah, I mean they've given up three first round picks and uh, three second round picks in the last two off seasons. That's a lot. Plus players. Of, that's a lot. Of good. That 
aren't going to be on that roster because they don't have the draft cap for it. Um, you were saying that they traded a um, first round pick this year, and that I was came over to this- Denver with the um, the Chubb trade to Miami. Okay, so, so it's Miami, but Miami doesn't have a first round pick this. But year it was a different. It was a different pick. It was a different pick. Oh, so they had a different one. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna. So I'm just looking through the, the so thing, trying their, to figure out how this rusher, works. So. Basically, Denver gave up their pass rusher and and you know another two firsts and two seconds for Sean Payton and and, uh, and Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, it's interesting. I I just you know, but they also gave up that Bradley Chubb cap too. He was going to get paid twenty some odd million dollars to be an edge rusher, and they don't have to do that anymore. So. It is what it is. I think that it makes Denver better. Obviously, Sean Payton comes with a nice resume. He's got some dark spots on it as well, but he's a winning coach. Um, took the Saints to, you know, 10 out of 11 years he was with them, I think, to over 10 wins each season. Drew Brees, obviously, quarterback there. Similar attributes to Russell Wilson in a lot of respects, but Drew was much better at getting the ball over the middle and, and, um, screen passes and so forth. We'll see if that can translate to Russell Wilson. I, I think this is probably the best case scenario for Russ and for the Broncos moving forward to try to maximize Russ's value and playing style and so forth. So we'll see. Yeah. So I would look at that and, and think, um, is he going to try and fit Russ into the Drew Brees offense? And if that's the case, uh, Russ is going to struggle. Um, or, did he build the Drew Brees offense around Drew Brees' skill set? That's why Brees was so successful. And now he's going to build an offense around Russell Wilson's skill set. Um, I, I think the tend, latter. I think the latter is much, much more, more likely because you look at what he did when he had um, Taysom Hill and Jameis mm-hmm. Winston, and he changed the offense because of his quarterback. And so I think that uh, I think you're going to see an offense tailored around Wilson and that's what I mean, th- that's really the only way forward. You can't yeah. just say, this is who I am. This is my offense. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's, anyway, I think it's going to work. Not when you have a an untradeable albatross salary um, weighting your team down if you can't make it work. Well, so. and the other thing is um, that roster just isn't ready for Sean Payton. It just isn't. So the defense is great, but they just, you know, they jettisoned their um, their staff, they lost their defensive coordinator, I thought did a decent job. Now they're going to have to bring somebody in. Uh, I hear that the signing that the Dolphins had of Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator is on the rocks falling, right now. It's falling and, apart. And that Sean Payton is trying to get him to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be interesting. Because, um, you know, that would provide continuity to their defense, but their offense is, is the part that is really going to need to be addressed, and they don't have any draft capital. Yeah. Um, I think that it's it's interesting that the Seahawks, you know, a year ago brought in um, all new defensive coaches to bring the, the Vic Fangio system to Seattle when Vic Fangio is out there as a potential, you know, uh, employee. And they didn't go that route. And again, you know, they had an off year defensively. There's, they kind of had the too many cooks in the kitchen um, mm. problem that we worried about. Um, and that you could solve all of that by bringing in the architect of the Vic Fangio system uh, to oversee everything. And they 
chosen not to do that. So I find that very interesting. I think that 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 points to like a Pete Carroll situation where uh, those two egos may not have gotten along. Um, Okay. The other one in the division, uh, former 49er defensive coordinator, now former D'Amico Ryans accepted the head coaching position for the um, Texans Mm -hmm. um, on a six year deal. Uh, That's great for the Texans. I'm not sure it's great for him, but he gets an opportunity as a head coach to build a roster in the image that he wants. Uh, If he gets the same sort of deal that uh, the the Jets gave to Sela, something like that, um, and he gets uh, some, you know, three years, the last two coaches have just not had any time, any chance at all to build anything. Um, Maybe this works, but he's going to need some time and he needs a quarterback out of this draft. He's a, a very good coach. Um, make no mistake of that. This is a guy that knows what he's doing. Um, and uh, if it's possible to be successful in Houston, he'll find a way to do it. Uh, so I think it's a good hire, honestly. But I agree with you. I, I don't know if I'd take that job if I'm, uh, you know, him because that could, you know, that could cost you uh, 10 years of your career because you're going to fail there because of the organization and then have to basically rebuild your value um you know and to get a second shot and so uh i don't know it's hard but he also is in position to get his quarterback and i think that's the um that's part of this idea is that you know they have the second overall pick um chicago probably doesn't need a quarterback although we'll talk a little bit about the possibility Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. um and then you so you're gonna have your pick of quarterbacks at second overall pick and and he better hit a home run with that. Yep, and so if he feels confident about one of the guys, like, that makes that job easy, and you can just figure out the rest of the roster from there. Um, I am curious where San Francisco goes defensively, because to lose um, Robert Sala and then to turn around and lose to Miko Ryan's, they now have a hole at the top of their defensive coaching staff. Their head coach is an offensive guru; he's one of the best. Uh, in the entire NFL, but on the defensive side, it used to be, you know, they had a couple of guys that were thought of as like, you know, the brain trust and up and coming coaches and all of that. And now they're both gone. Yeah. They've lost um, two, two defensive coordinators and an offensive coordinator in the last three seasons. That's what happens when you're at the top of your game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure they will. Um, Dave Canales close to home. Dave Canales quarterbacks, coach of the, Seattle Seahawks is uh, conducting his second interview for the Ravens offensive coordinator job per Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good for him. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a nice bump. I don't, I'm not completely familiar with Dave Canales as a coach, although he's been on the Seahawks staff a couple different times. And um, God, it feels like he's been on the staff for decades. It seems like, um, it, yeah. <laughs> so but, good, yeah. good for him. He's out there. He's, he's interviewing. Uh, I haven't heard any word on um, Sean Desai. Sean Desai went out and had two two interviews with two different clubs for their defensive coordinator jobs and uh, haven't heard uh, a word about how those went. So we'll see. Um, okay, so the conversation. Let's get back to where we were. Yep. Uh, we know that Geno Smith has earned a raise this year. We just don't know how big that's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be with the Seahawks. I do know uh, both camps are saying they you know, Gino wants to be back. Um, John Schneider's out there saying, yeah, we can, if we can get Gino back, that would be great. That's our, that's our first choice. 
Um, and it would provide some continuity to the Seahawks as far as building the roster, not necessarily around him, but building the roster with the exception of the quarterback position and allow him to kind of just move the team along mm-hmm. while being able to evaluate the rest of the ro- roster around him. He's a good quarterback. He's going to be able to make plays, put players in a position to be successful, especially as wide receivers, tight ends, et cetera. So I think it's good to have that, but at what cost? If it's too much, like you said, boom, we got to figure it out. We've got to go in another direction. We've got to be able to make that pivot here pretty pretty quickly because uh, March 15th is the uh, new league year and free mm-hmm. agency begins. And, and they have to decide on the franchise tag. Right. Um, you know, before that, it can be done significantly before that, but there's no reason to tag him until uh, you absolutely have to. Um, and so they have to make that decision. Do, is he worth the $32 million to, to give him the franchise tag, or do they risk losing him? I think they risk losing him if they get to they, that point. They do, but it, you know it, you have to weigh all this out. Like I said, when you're talking about building a roster, if you have completely crap quarterback play, it doesn't make anything else easy. It, it, it makes your defense work harder. It uh, builds resentment in the locker room. Uh, there's a whole host of factors there so that may be worth a certain dollar figure to John Schneider to have Gino come back, even if it's slightly more than they want. And maybe they can spread that contract out over two or three years. It becomes palatable for at least being able to still do some things with the salary cap this year to improve the roster. We'll see how that goes. I'm not exactly sure right now which way it's going to go, um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they gave him more than maybe what we're thinking. I just have that. It's just in me. I don't know why, where it comes from, but I'm thinking 25 to 27 is probably the number that they're going to stick on. And I God, know that hurts. Hard. It's painful. Hurts. It's hard. But yep. if they can make that first year number like 15 and then massage the, the cap around and maybe get out of that contract in the third year, that might be something that they would consider based on the, where the rest mm-hmm. of the roster is. I just, I just don't know. All right, so let's let's. But this whole conversation is supposed to be about if Gino Gino's gone, he signs with another team for a big contract. What does Seattle do? We mentioned Lamar Jackson as being um, a trade. Uh, I, I personally think they're not in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. He's going to cost too much. Both, if you're not willing to pay Gino, um, you know, twenty five million, are you willing to pay Lamar Jackson fifty? Well, and, it just it really depends. I mean, it, it depends on how you view quarterbacks um, and, and where you think that particular quarterback could take your ball club. Now, could Lamar Jackson take them further than Geno Smith with the absolutely. current roster? Absolutely. So you just have to weigh that out. And, and then that would, that would, though, strangle your cap for a number of years. Yes. And you kind of be stuck churning kind of mm-hmm. where you're at with the rest of the roster. So you got to make sure Lamar Jackson is going to elevate your win total plus two or three mm-hmm. to make it worth your while. Cause if it's, if it's not, you're going to be stuck in, in no man's land for a long time. Aaron Rodgers is another name out there, Keith. I, it, Green Bay is reported to um, want to be able to move on from Aaron Rodgers this off season, which would dictate a trade. Yep. And so he's another guy that's out there. That contract is going to be something that you either inherit or extend. And that's uh, something else as well. That like contract- 45, $50 million. That contract is terrible um, to try and trade. They're going to end up eating so much dead cap room. Um, 
and it's going to gut the rest of their roster in order to just get him moved. Um, and this is a guy who's 40 and looked 40 this year. Yeah. And it sounds like that franchise is ready to now move on. Yeah. And so go I through, don't, go through I don't, whatever they need to go through. Yeah. Rogers is not a guy. If I'm, if I'm the Seahawks, Rogers is not a guy I'm looking at because I think his best days are long behind him. And, um, that contract is just an albatross. It's terrible. Um, I'm looking at in a different direction as far as if, if we're looking at the trade market, um, you know, Dak Prescott became maybe became available uh, with his performance in the playoffs. Um, that might be somewhere where that I look, but more likely I'm looking at Derek Carr, um, a guy who has been the guy in uh, Vegas slash Oakland for quite some time. And then suddenly with the new coaching staff, he's on the way out and um, available and so you might be able to get him for next to nothing so yeah um, those are the couple couple guys that if the Seahawks wanted to trade for someone I'd be looking in that direction the stage is set and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona there's no better way to get ready for an NFL action than DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57 New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add, up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Yeah, interesting. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. I I think that Derek Carr is a possibility if Seattle was in a win-now mode. We talked about Pete Carroll's timeline. We talked about the rest of the roster, their ability to build on on uh, what they have with draft, draft picks this year. If they can't do it in free agency, that's what they would need to do. Derek Carr could be an option for them. I'm not ruling anything out at this point. We know that nope. Geno Smith is about is an option. So why wouldn't other quarterbacks, other veteran quarterbacks, be options if they thought they could improve the roster over what Geno Smith was bringing to the table? And we don't know exactly how they self evaluated Geno. Uh, I know that the the early play really hooked everybody in, but that fade down the stretch, maybe now all the turnover. It's the turnovers that really hurt, right? And it and it played into more of a historic average for him. And if, if, if it's going to be the historic average, you know, Smith that we see and you, then you're paying him top 15 quarterback money, say it's 20, 27, 28 million a year. When he has all those turnovers, see you were eating those turnovers at three and a half, four million dollars a year salary this year. And you mm -hmm. could accept that because the team was moving in a certain direction. Now you pay him that money. That's the three year deal. Gino's your guy. He, you're, you're saying, He's, he's our quarterback for the future. We're going to go try to win the Super Bowl with him. And then he, he has those turnovers. That's that's not going to be a good look. That's what gets GMs fired. Yeah, it just is, it is what it is. Okay. Derek Carr's out there. Trey Lance, I thought, might be a possibility until Purdy hurt his elbow really bad and has to have surgery and won't start the season on the regular yeah. roster, doesn't sound like. Because he, he um, completely tore. So it's, it's completely disconnected. UCL. Um, the UCL in his elbow. So that yeah. means... Oh. Uh, that's Tommy John surgery. If you follow baseball, you know that's um, right. 
it's a year. They're out a year in baseball. Now in football, it's not a year because it's the different, it's a completely different throwing motion and it doesn't put as much strain on it and all of that. They can rehab, be back in, in six to eight months, which means technically he might be available early in the season. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, but that means. But you've got a Super Bowl maybe, ready roster. Yeah. And, and you a, don't have a quarterback. You're going to have to yeah. make a move. That's a big fat maybe um, as far as getting him back. And they've got Trey Lance, who they they spent the house to get um, him three first round picks uh, mm -hmm. in order to get him I, I, there. He's going to come in to the season next year as the presumed starter with Brock Purdy healing. And then once Brock Purdy is healthy, well, then you figure out what you're going to do. But by then, you know, you might be late enough in the season that you just roll with this season and worry about making that, that, that choice a year from now. Um, but I honestly, Trey, if Trey Lance ends up on the market, I'll be surprised at this. Point. I would too. Yeah. It, he, he came off that market as soon as that injury happened. Mm -hmm. Um, the other low level, take a chance on a guy trade situation that might happen or a cut is Zach Wilson with the Jets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Turned out terrible yeah. for him. He lost his confidence completely. I'm, I'm, he's a head case kind of a situation. You just don't know exactly what you're going to get. But if you've identified that he's salvageable, you might throw a, a late round pick their way and get the guy in your building and see what you've got. I'm not saying More Seattle will be able to count to on that, cut. but it might be a, an upgrade from, from Drew Locke. I just don't know. And it could be a cut situation where you wait. And then yeah, he was I think you wait. I think agent. you wait for him to be. You wait for him to be cut. You bring him in on a minimum deal with the idea that, hey, if he comes in and earns a spot, um, you know, on the roster and pushes for playing time by being good when he's here, great. And if not, you cut him because he's cuttable. Now he's young. He was a second overall pick for a reason. There is significant talent there. But if you watched him play at all this season you know he is not a guy that looked like a, an nfl quarterback so that's true yeah they I were going with uh with white as a quarterback at some point a journeyman third string guy um mm -hmm. over him and benching him and literally not suiting him uh it was yep. a bad situation for him i i know that they're planning on moving on i just don't know how it's going to happen whether it's god or somebody they hope somebody will flip a pick to him yeah, but uh, if anyway. anyone gives them more than more than a seventh, plus he's got that he's got that first round contract, which means he's making Early like first six too. million. He's yeah, making he's making a like little bit more than that. Eight, I think it's eight. Is it eight next year? Yeah. Um, I was looking at this year's numbers, but um, yeah, so, no, but who's paying? Who's flip giving them a, a draft pick and having him eat up eight million dollars of their salary cap? Um, it's not a bad figure for a backup quarterback. If you look at the backup quarterback market out there uh the the mid to to high end backup quarterbacks are making eight to twelve million dollars the the starter caliber now there's no starter that was making what Gino was making last year three and a half million um the the mid tier starter quarterbacks the fifteenth highest paid quarterback in the league it making twenty nine million dollars so I'm just saying it's relative it's all relative out there it's crazy, but it's true. Okay, let's talk about the free agent market, Keith, because this is exciting. We still have the draft thing to go mm -hmm. to, so let's kind of breeze through this if we can. And and basically, uh, I'll start the free agent market with Geno Smith. Geno Smith, the free agent. He's our mm -hmm. free agent. We know who he is. He's a known quantity. He's been in our building for three years. Pete loves him. 
They want to try to sign him. That's probably what's going to happen. Um, we just don't know what the number is. Yep. But but he could he could be their guy, and we just we don't know exactly where those talks are or whatever. But that could completely fall apart if it does. Yeah. And this conversation also is based on if Gino's gone. So let's let's go ahead and if go. Gino's yep. gone. What's plan Gino's B? The, Gino is the one that makes the most sense out of all of these by far. But let's move on. Um, after that, the free agent market is a disaster. Um, the one name that people will look at is Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, a guy who will be a free agent. He's a year younger than Geno Smith, but, um, but has been hurt his entire career. Yeah. So so people will 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 talk about that because he can probably be had for backup quarterback money. Um, there's not a lot else out there. Um, Tom, I mean, Bra- we'll go, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. No, yeah, Baker Tom, Mayfield. Tom, Tom Brady's not coming to Seattle. Baker Mayfield is not an upgrade no. um, over Drew Locke. Drew Locke is a name that's out there, but they could probably have him for nothing because nobody is interested. Yeah, I was definitely um, going to round this conversation out with Drew Locke because Seattle's had him in their building now for a year. They've seen him mm-hmm. every day. His work ethic, his his camaraderie with the guys his support for Geno Smith in, in the starter role, how that transaction uh, kind of happened, you know, right at the uh, the end of training camp where Drew lost that opportunity and Geno took over. He, th- he thought he handled that pretty well. And then, uh, again, he knows the offense, et cetera. I do believe that they'll probably sign him back to be their number two, but they might give him a contract that lets him know that he can compete as well. So we'll see how that goes. So I'm counting yeah. on kind of Drew Locke coming back at some capacity, but we'll see if the team elects to move on. There is one other name that I would like to throw out there, and we'll see what happens with him, and that would be Daniel Jones. Yeah, the um, he was you know drafted by the Giants. He's been their starting quarterback since he got drafted. Uh, he looks competent and good at times, and he looks terrible at times. Uh, known for being more of a runner than a thrower, um, mm-hmm. but. He is only going to be 26, and um, he was young. He's had some crappy coaches in, uh, you know, in his career already, and it, maybe he's a guy that's salvageable. We talked about Zach Wilson. Um, Daniel Jones looks much more salvageable um, as a prospect than Zach Wilson does at this point. Another quarterback to look at maybe is like a Mason Rudolph, uh, back perennial backup uh, guy in with the Steelers. Here's the deal. Any of these guys that we've just talked about, Jacoby Brisket's another name, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, they're all reclamation projects if you sign them. None of these guys move the needle. None of these guys say, okay, this is our quarterback. We're going to go in this direction. All of these guys are placeholder type guys, guys that are just bridge quarterbacks. If, If any of these guys are signed and if it's less than 20 or 18 or 15 or whatever, um, per year, the Seahawks are drafting a quarterback because there's no way you go into the season thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield is going to get you any further than Geno did, probably less. And so yeah. I don't see the franchise moving in that direction. I don't, To me, it's Geno Smith or you're, you're trying to go hit a home run somewhere because... It's Geno, it's Geno Smith, one of the trades we talked about, which is unlikely, or a draft pick. And I think the draft pick, if it's not going to be Geno, I think it's going to be a draft pick. Um, and then they'll sign someone to be a backup slash bridge. But but um, the problem with that, Keith, is that we picked number five and there's potentially three or four quarterbacks that could go in the top five. And we may end up without 
Now we may end up without a quarterback in that situation because you could have Bryce Young go off the board, CJ Stroud go off the board, possibly Will Levis. I'm not saying Anthony Richardson, but his stock is rising and he could be one of those guys that is kind of a dark horse to go in the top five, mm-hmm. at least in the top 10 or, you know, top 15. Anyway, we may miss the opportunity to pick the quarterback that we want um, in this draft. I think that that's easy, know. easily said because I, of, of the teams that would be wanting a quarterback or willing to move up in this draft to get one. Yeah, so I would look at, at um, if Chicago takes a quarterback, then Josh Fields is available, and the Seahawks could probably get Josh Fields for did I say Josh? Um, Justin. They could get yeah. They could get Fields for you know the second of their first round picks at the worst, maybe a second round pick. Um, if if Chicago's trying to move off of that and just reset the clock as far as their rookie quarterback um, contract goes, I agree um, with that. And so if you if Chicago was interested in doing that, okay, but then send us Fields and we'll be good. Um, Houston will be uh, drafting a quarterback. And from everything right now, it sounds like Bryce Young is mm-hmm. the guy that, that um, they're focused on and they think is there. Um, Arizona is not moving off of Kyler Murray. Um, and they can't, just financially, they can't. They signed that that, that contract is not movable. Um, and Indianapolis is probably drafting a quarterback because they need one. Well, that puts Seattle the next pick as there to get the third quarterback. Cardinals unless, potentially move out of that spot is my worry. You yeah. Have so, come so, in and then you have another team at four yeah. that would also want a quarterback and then you three quarterbacks would be gone. So, okay. So you have um, Atlanta that wants to move up from eight or Carolina that wants to move up for nine, mm-hmm. Tennessee that wants to move up for 11, uh, the Jets from 13, they're going to have to pay the Kings ransom to move to four. It's true. Um, or Seattle goes, we only have to move up. You're, you're only going to move down one spot. How about, um, or two spots, you know, how about we give you significantly less, but you're only going to be down at five. And then you can probably trade down again and still get whatever the jets were going to pay you. Right. Um, and 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 do that way, and then and flip them the, the and that flip them a second round pick or whatever to do it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and make so sure you get your guy. I mean, I yes, there's it's this a, is going to be so fascinating, Keith. This is so fascinating to me. Having the fifth pick, Denver's native pick, is so fascinating, especially with Chicago at the top, not needing a quarterback necessarily, but possibly, and Arizona and three not needing a quarterback, not needing, and then these trades, and then of course our defense needs the most improvement. Jalen Carter sitting there, maybe Anderson, uh, one of the two. I mean, would you pounce on on an opportunity like that when you really need a quarterback? That's the hard part about this equation, Keith, is that mm-hmm. if we go into the draft needing a quarterback, that's not a great position to be in and so yeah. especially as, as a starter in in year one is is frightening to me if but we'll fields see. is the guy in chicago and they've made that clear before the draft by not trading him um they're gonna go defense they're gonna go either jalen carter or will anderson at one yes agreed um and then unless you somebody have, just completely blows up yeah yeah and um which leaves them and Arizona both uh, taking yes. defensive players. And Seattle is, 
you know, Will Levis is sitting there for Seattle. I'm just not um, sold on him, but okay. Let's for for argument's sake today, let's say it's Will Levis. Yeah. Uh, he's it's sitting possible. there. He's sitting there at five, and he's your future quarterback. I find it interesting that you're not sold on him, but you keep bringing up Anthony Richardson. Yeah, when I like one, Anthony Richardson as a prospect better than Will Levis. Now that I've looked at them both pretty um, substantially, An- Will Levis is good. Anthony Richardson is not. So um, that could be argued. Now nah, go look at go look at his tape from the last two years. Um, he took a team, Will Levis. Yeah. Yeah, he took he took a team that was that um, a a terrible team uh, and made them look good and then lost all of the talent around him and struggled. Will Levis this year was um, uh, Justin Herbert uh, in his last two years in 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 Eugene with Oregon, where he had a terrible coaching staff and not a lot of talent around him. that all made him look bad, but he still was a first round pick. And now you see him play in the NFL and you're like, God, this guy is the real deal. Um, Will Levis is that he was great um, a year ago. And then he had an off, I don't want to say an off year. He looked less like a he had 2,400 true... yards, 21 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. You know, he pressed too much is basically he tried to carry the team. Yeah. He didn't he have had, the didn't, weapons. He tried he didn't to do have, too much. He didn't have the weapons. They he didn't got have a running 46 game. Times. They didn't have an offensive line. Just they as played, a comparison, the yeah. the offensive quarterback for the Washington Huskies was sacked six times. I mean, it was it was not good. It was yeah. it was the, one of the worst offensive lines in college football. I agree mm-hmm. with you on all accounts. Um, I need to further analyze that. I'm just saying I really like the upside of Anthony Richardson after and looking I at him. I really don't. Yeah. Um, uh, because I've seen way too many wide open receivers and the ball doesn't even get to them or it soars 10 yards over their his head. throwing mechanics and accuracy need work. They're his throwing, that's, it's, that's the developmental part of the NFL. And that's why mm-hmm. he needs to get into camp and, and figure it out and get good coaching. Find me a quarterback prospects whose actual throwing motion needed work that it worked out. There has been one in the last 20 years. It's, it's, it, when you go watch one. him throw, it's not necessarily oh. a mechanical issue. Oh, it's mechanical. But it's a consistency issue. It's so mechanical. His I mechanics are terrible. His, his throwing, his throwing motion itself is really good. And we'll get into the weeds on this a little bit. And that's okay. His throwing motion itself is okay, but his feet work are horrible. And so that's when you watch his, when you watch his footwork, he throws off his front foot quite a bit and off balance throws and weird angles and shit. And, but he's, he's tremendously athletic. So he'll run, he's like six, four, two twenty five, two thirty. runs a four, four, five, 40. Um, he, he's an amazing prospect physically, a dual threat quarterback, rare arm strength. He can throw big time. I mean, he makes big time throws. But he does. He and gets he himself mi- he into misses, situations. He misses easy throws when he's got no pressure and a wide open target, and he can't get the ball. Yeah, I think that's more stereotypical. I think that's a stereotypical argument rather than really digging no, into that's film. Actually, his film. That's the reason why I don't like him as a prospect is because I saw way too much of that. If he could make the easy throws, then okay. He, draft him he looks great he's yeah. athletically everything you'd want and if he could make the easy throws but he is 
a more athletic Tim Tebow. I agree with you. That's too far. But I agree with you on the consistency to execute the details of the game and reading coverages and throwing accurate passes is his worst attributes. There's no question, Keith. You're right. So the more uh, the, he's his got so much upside on the, everything else are the things that make an NFL quarterback good. He still does enough with accuracy, arm strength, getting getting throws all over the field, reading defense and so forth that you take a chance on a prospect like this because he's so rare. Physically. Um, if the CX go defense at five and they are sitting at 20, that's where you take a chance on Richardson. I agree that it would in, be way better round, if he's available in, in our second pick in the first um, round. I agree. Wasting of the fifth overall pick on him would be an absolute travesty. I don't know that it's a waste. There's no guarantees in the NFL. There's no guarantees on any of these prospects. There's no guarantees on Stroud, on Bryce Young, Will Levis is going to be a, a good pro or anything. Half of all first-round picks are busts. They just are. It's just the way True, it is. But why do you go into picking one? Like, if you highly expect the player to bust, you why would you to, draft him? Here's here's my deal on this. And, you know, you and I can go back and forth. And, yeah, and we I'm, can. Sure we will. Yeah, we will. We, I'm sure we will. <laughs> but here's where I'm. my bottom line is. I trust the Seahawks front office and their draft guys and their talent evaluators and John Snyder and evaluating quarterbacks. I think John's brought up three or four different quarterbacks over the years that he's evaluated, but hasn't picked that leads me to believe that he kind of knows what he's talking about on, on quarterbacks. It's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, two guys that he would have traded Russell Wilson and Schneider dropped, you know, say we drop back from five to seven or five to eight or whatever. And we drafted Anthony Richardson and, and, and he came out and said, this is our guy. You know, we spent tons of time, blah, 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 and sold the fact that, you know, he believes in that this is the pick I'm sold to because I I've seen enough where I, I can see how a guy like John Schneider and Pete Carroll would fall in love with a player like this. Reminds me of Carson Palmer a little bit, only more athletic and an ability to add that run element to the, to the game. Carson and, Palmer was way more accurate. He had the monster arm, but he was way more accurate with his passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is guy's a fifty six percent completion guy. I'm not. Yeah. he's not sixty five or seventy percent like Bryce Young. He's just not. He's a but he, but that's why he needs a year. He needs a year. So is Will Levis. I don't agree with. I think Will Levis will uh, is a guy that can start year one. Will Levis is a fifty six percent completion percentage guy. Had more interceptions than Anthony Richardson on less passes. What I'm saying is, and you got to look played, at this a little bit he more. Played in a in a conference where his team was arguably the worst team in the entire. He played conference. in the SEC. There's no question. It's it's not <laughs> it's not great. But so, Florida, yeah. Florida, you know, this guy wasn't surrounded by a lot of talent either. I'm just saying. Yeah, so anyway, let's get back to the conversation. More. So at the top of the draft, we've got Will Levis currently ranked as the third best quarterback in the NFL by most pundits. I've got him ranked fourth. I think Anthony Richardson, for me personally, is just up just a higher, just based on potential. And then CJ Stroud, obviously. I would personally, 
Bryce Young to me is like the epitome of everything you want in a quarterback except for size. He's and Russell Wilson. Yeah, only less. Only, he's, only. He's, yeah, he's he, he's, he's about twenty pounds lighter. Yeah, same height, about twenty pounds lighter, but everything else you want. He looks yes. fantastic. He His does look fantastic. Amazing. He um, was amazing too in in twenty twenty one. Like yeah, way better even. He threw for fifteen hundred more yards, had eleven more yeah. touchdowns, and he was the Heisman winner. Yeah, Bryce um, Young. This guy's got it is, all. He does. He's he's lighter than Russell Wilson, but he is everything you want in a quarterback except High for IQ. except for height and weight. Yeah. Um, to me, C.J. Stroud's the guy. Me too. Because he is really everything close. that Pete and John look for in a quarterback. He is really close to Bryce Young in a lot of the um, intangible things, and then you add in. The fact that he's 6'4", 220, and can run. Um, yeah. And so he, maybe he's slightly lower on some of the intangible things that Bryce Young is so good at, but he removes all the question marks you might have with Bryce Young. He's, to me, the guy that if you're drafting a quarterback in this, if I'm Houston, if I'm Seattle, two, if I'm Seattle. I'm moving up in the draft for a guy like this. Now, yep. if you think that you're one player away and you need a quarterback and this is a 10-year type deal for your franchise, flipping two firsts and a second and a future first for to move up four spots in the draft to get the number one overall pick mm-hmm. is nothing if yeah. this is the guy that you really want. If I'm Houston, I'm taking C.J. Stroud uh, with the second overall pick, think, knowing that— if- I am too with the idea that Chicago's going defense. Um, and I'm not trading that pick because I want CJ Stroud. I don't want Bryce Young. I don't want Will Levis. Uh, he's the guy. To me, he's the guy. Now, yeah. Would, if you were gonna, Seattle and Bryce Young fell to you at five, would you take him? Yes. I would too. I've come to that position after watching yeah. a lot of tape on Bryce Young. Just the way that he manages the game. He's mm-hmm. cerebral. He's impressive the way that his patience works. He's got good arm strength. He can get the ball out it's not really elite, quick but it's, when it's he good enough. Yeah, yeah I, I think that um, what you do if you draft Bryce Young fifth overall and you're Seattle, you turn around and you draft the best interior defensive lineman with the 20th pick. Yeah. Um, and the reason is because you don't want him getting touched if you can avoid it because he's not a big guy. He's a guy that if he is taking a bunch of hits, he'll get hurt. Uh, and I don't want that. So I'm going to invest in protecting Bryce Young. But I know yeah. that if I do, I'm getting a Pro Bowl caliber player. So yes. I absolutely take Bryce Young if he's available at five. I don't think he will. I actually think Houston's going to go Bryce Young um, at two, and that's going to sit there, and you're going to look at Indianapolis. And what they want to do, and do they want C.J. Stroud or um, anything? I think that's becoming the hard you know, part. And you know that um, Arizona won't trade with us. Yep, because they won't give Seattle a quarterback. So they've got the third, but they don't need a quarterback. So now you've got, you know, Indy at four, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're not going to trade if they're if they're serious about drafting a quarterback. And they would probably take Bryce Young, which leaves um, us Will Levis or you know, um, Jalen Carter. Yeah. And everyone's going to be upset that we chose Will Levis in the draft and not Jalen Carter. 
and I may be one of those. You're probably going to be one of those because I know you how much you love Jalen Carter. And don't get me wrong, Jalen Carter is phenomenal. Well, the only concern I have with Jalen Carter <clears throat> is work ethic. Um, and if they can figure that out and they make that pick, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, but I I think I would be talked into Will Levis, <clears throat> but I'm not exactly sure. <clears throat> Excuse uh, me. I, he's the I, guy that leads this franchise. I just I'm I'm not. There's something there about Will Levis that's got me hanging a little bit, and I need to figure it out. And I haven't had enough time to yet. Yeah, you. Um, I'll be interested to see like if you do figure out what you don't like about him. Well, because I was early on him. Well, you and I both were talking about Will Levis in October a year ago. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and actually, and I, like yeah, a year ago. Right, and so I, so I'm, I'm there with you. I just. There's just something there this last season. I know about the limitations and the offensive line, the weapons and all that stuff. I just need to work through that a little bit more, and I haven't had a chance. Uh, I still think um, if you go back and watch his tape, not from this last year but the year before, um, and then you consider the coaching staff and the lack of weapons and all of that this year, you're looking at Justin Herbert. Well, look at look at Will Levis too in this light. He ran a uh, an offense extremely similar to what Seattle runs. Yes, he did. And a pro style run oriented play action offense with shot plays, mm-hmm. and that's what Pete Carroll w- likes to do, and and that's what they do do. And so the terminology and the fit, and the, if they want somebody to, out of this draft to come in and start for him right away or be pro ready, nice. Will Levis is the, probably the quarterback. Yeah, but C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young could do it too. I think so. I think that they can. <laughs> like straight up, I would, they, I would, they haven't had to in college football. If you look at the way that they run those offenses, they're not quite diagnosing as much yeah. at the line and changing plays and going through a bunch of reads. It, uh, it's not Bryce, quite as I, much. Bryce Young was for mo- most of this season. He's better at it than Stroud. Now, C.J. Stroud, everyone's going to say, well, he comes from Ohio State. Nobody's ever – I don't listen to that part. But uh, feels. The, the, the going through the pro-style offense, Stroud is going to mm-hmm. have to work on that. What but he's got, up, he's got gonna, all the tools. What C.J. Stroud's going to run into is the same thing that Fields is going to run into. When you go and watch his tape, his wide receivers were better than the cornerbacks on every play. His offensive right. line was better than the defensive lineman on the other team on every play. It's hard to evaluate a quarterback who doesn't get tested. He can throw a pass that it looks not accurate in a jump ball, and his guy just goes goes and gets it, and it's a big play, and everyone's screaming, and it's a touchdown, and you don't realize that in the pros that might be uh, an intercepted pass. Um, and it's not the thing that CJ Stroud can't do it. It's the same re- thing that I said when Fields came out. It wasn't that Fields can't do it uh, or couldn't do it. I just it was that I don't know because of the talent. He had so much talent around him. How much of his success was because of that talent, and how much of his his success was because of his talent? I think um, this conversation becomes really, um, really important. Um, if we don't sign Geno Smith, oh um, yeah, absolutely. If something happens, Geno goes away. We end up with Drew Locke, and question marks. Um, th- this draft conversation is just absolutely huge. It wouldn't shock me if Seattle moves up because that they would have to. They would be in a no better position than Indianapolis at that point. And so, yeah, they would. 
I mean, if they can, if they could move up to three, if, if Arizona was willing to do that, or if Houston is looking at the fact that that roster isn't a quarterback away, it's an absolute disaster um, at every position. And they you can never get know a what, bunch of extra picks. You never know what Houston's going to do in free agency. Now that they've got a quarterback, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo might, might end up there. That's true. Um, if Jimmy Garoppolo ends up signing at Houston or Indianapolis or, um, you know, something like that, then if you're or Seattle, Geno Smith or Geno Smith, or Geno Smith. Um, I think Garoppolo is probably more likely, but um, whatever. Um, if one of those teams, Geno Smith is in the same off basic offense that Jimmy Garoppolo in is if Geno can operate the entire playbook and you know, Jimmy's a little, shall we say limited. Um, mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryan's has been with Jimmy Garoppolo the whole time, but he's also played against Geno Smith and you may want Geno Smith to be your quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't I mean, know. I don't know. Yeah. If either of those teams, if Houston or Indy gets one of the other quarterbacks, um, whether it be, uh, Garoppolo, maybe they trade for Lance, maybe they, um, get Aaron you know, Rodgers. who knows? Yeah. Something like that. Although why would Aaron Rodgers go to one of those teams when he could go when, you know, he's looking at, I want to go win a Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. But let's, but yeah, one of, if one of those teams get a quarterback and you're Seattle, you're happy. You sit there and you wait because that's going to just about guarantee you a quarterback. And it's probably going to be CJ Stroud at that point. I don't know that it guarantees because there's a lot of movement that happens up at the top of the draft. And, and so Seattle may have to move to get the quarterback that they want. If you look at the last few years in the top like uh, eight, there hasn't been a lot of movement because very few teams are willing to pay the price. Now the 49ers did. The 49ers did. They paid a lot to move up to three to get Trey Lance. Um, but they also had to move a long way to do it. And they were desperate. From 11. Yeah. Um, whereas, and Seattle would be moving from five. Right. Um, and so you kind of would look at that uh, in the top five. There has been very little movement um, over the last few years because the price is, is just too high. Um, now, if you are if you are Vegas or you are the Rams or um, if you're Atlanta or Carolina and you solve your quarterback problem. Um, and so that's six, seven, eight, nine, that area, um, New Orleans at or not New Orleans, Philadelphia at 10 with New Orleans's pick. Um if I'd you're go. in that if you're in that range, people will people are uh, absolutely gonna move up and 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 trade with you if if there's a player they want. So while Seattle may like Levis because he ran kind of a Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan style NFL offense there, this one stat will make me tell you right now that Seattle will not draft. Will Levis. Okay. Throughout his college career, he's had 25 interceptions and 17 fumbles. The end. Um, that's, you're talking about a that's team. Not good. You're talking about a team that is probably going to invest in Geno Smith. Go look at his fumble numbers. They're worse. Yeah, it was arguably worse this year. Yeah. Um, 
so and and okay, so to round out this conversation, there's a couple other quarterbacks in the draft. Um, Jaron Hall out of BYU, he's 25 years old, runs a run pass option zone read kind of a thing, kind of a discounted Kyler Murray type player, short six six foot two oh five something like that. He's also um, the other player. I think Seattle might consider if he falls, and he will fall um, compared to if he was healthy. Would be Herndon um, Hooker out of Tennessee, Tennessee, the quarterback from Tennessee, 6'4", mm-hmm. 218 pounds, uh, vertical spread tempo offense, um, doesn't really translate to the NFL unless you're Arizona. However, um, I think there's there's opportunity there. Um, I think that it, it translates better than people think because um, if you look at, yeah. well, Kyler Murray, is you know, for, for that one, but um, Joe Burrow, came out of a similar system uh, in college and no one is complaining about Joe Burrow uh, and his, his translation into the pros because he's been phenomenal. The last this is a years. really clean looking player. So when you it go is. look at him play, he's, his footwork is clean. He's impressive with his movements and accuracy levels at all levels of the field. Had a great 2021 season. Uh, 2022 was was all off to a great start as well. Before he got hurt, it, he had the ACL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be 24, I think, years old by the time training camp hits. Um, but he's uh, he's capable of driving the football in in anywhere along the field. He's got a great uh, arm strength. I understand that he's a very smart player. Um, understands how to read offenses and schemes and so forth. Um, and his physical ability creates a wide open playbook. And when healthy, you know, and so if you can, if you're signing Gino, but you want a guy in the, in this third or fourth round that might be available that you could sit on for a year and come into your system, Herndon Hooker might be a name. Just remember a little bit Um, Mm -hmm. because Seattle hasn't spent a lot of draft capital on quarterbacks, virtually none, virtually none since, and um, since Russ. And it wouldn't surprise me if this, if they did sign Gino, that this would be a year that they would go out and, and get a guy that they, that they like, whether it be Anthony Richardson, you know, at 20 or Herndon Hooker in the third or fourth round, somebody like that, or McKee, the, the quarterback out of Stanford had some accuracy issues and, and so forth, but he's, and he's more of a traditional pocket passer. They might not like that, but you know what I mean? Just a yep. guy to have in camp that they've spent a, the third or fourth round pick on that they could develop that might be the guy. If you're looking for a guy that might be Brock Purdy, late round pick, but has the look of a guy that could make that transition, um, Jake Hayner, quarterback out of uh, Fresno State, I believe, is a guy to keep an eye on. And is he is he at the Senior Bowl this year? I think he's at the Senior uh, Bowl. I believe he is. Yeah, we're going to have a, a show on the Senior Bowl, show after next. So at the end of this week, we, we're we going to do a Senior Bowl preview. but. Yeah, I mean, there's some options out there. There's not a ton of great options if Seattle puts themselves in a position where quarterback's going to be really important, and it is. Um, they're either going to sign Geno, or they're going to make a move, or they're going to draft the guy. I mean, they have no quarterbacks under contract in 2023. Something has to happen. And so fascinating for, for us because everything that else that happens on the roster is dictated by this move. And yep. so I would imagine this thing happens fairly quickly when it does. I mean, it's going to be boom, boom. All of a sudden mm-hmm. there's an announcement. Seahawks do a pretty good job of not leaking 
pending signings and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see if this thing kind of gets done. I could see um, the entertainment value of the Seahawks not having a quarterback on the roster for for a longer period of time. Like they they're waiting on Gino to make up his mind, and they don't have one. And it's like, you know, we're starting to get into late March, early April, and they still don't have a quarterback. And just the entertainment value of the, the anxiety. You know, the Seahawks are going, you know, without a quarterback this year, and they're just, um, you know, going to throw the ball directly to the wide receivers from the center or whatever the joke ends up being at the time. Um, there, it will be entertaining. It won't be real, and they're going to solve this problem at some point, but it will be entertaining. I'll what if that. we go into the draft with only Drew Locke signed onto the roster? Then you're drafting quarterback with that fifth pick. Yeah, or or moving up. Or you have some belief that um, a guy like um, Richardson is going to be sitting there at 20. Yeah, interesting. It's fascinating. I mean, there's just a number of different ways you can go. Uh, Our next show happens to be a roster building show. And we kind of talk about the philosophy of Mm -hmm. how you build the roster, what you build around. Um, Obviously, quarterback is is a position that you would do that around. But there are also other positions and and things and, and philosophies on how you build things correctly and managing salary cap and all that stuff. So we'll get into that conversation too. This is fun stuff. I, I love this time of the year. I you know, this speculation stuff, this what if conversation is 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 great. I wish I would go back and save some of these well, we I do save these conversations, but <laughs> go back and look and see how how definite we were on our positions and then have those completely blown up it well, happens we were, to both of us over time the, but. the the certainty that especially me had about how bad geno smith was going to fail is absolutely entertaining and if you're listening <laughs> to this now feel free to go back and listen to that yeah. um it's go back amazing. to the conversations in in july yeah, it was an, an amazingly terrible take on my part um, as Gino came out and uh, overperformed every possible expectation of this last year. Um, it just yeah, goes to blew show us you, away. It blew everyone. John, John Snyder and Pete Carroll know more than you and I, Bill. It just happens <laughs> to be that way. It, so the, there is an advantage of being in the building every day and, and coaching these guys for a number of years. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy, especially at the quarterback spot. You know, you just... That's a really interesting um, spot. You've got to have the physical tools, but beyond that, there's so much more to the position um, that that you just can't see by listening to press conferences and watching people, you know, get second second uh, team reps, you know, in camp over three years, and then you never see the guy again. You kind of forget about those. Anyway, uh, enough of this show. Let's get out of here. You can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. And uh, find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube and hit that subscribe button. And we'll continue these conversations, I promise. They'll, the, the, by the time the draft ends, uh, you will wish that all these things would just end and we would just have our players and, and we'll, we'll talk about but those guys too. when so. the draft ends, all these conversations will end because yes. rather than arguing about what they should do, we'll just be We're able to talk about, about what, what, they did. what they did. And that, yeah. that is... Um, usually better because 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just easier. <laughs> it, yeah, but I but this this part's the fun part though. It's, yeah, it is. So. It's a it's a blast. So all right, we'll see you next time. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.